Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. Why should we pray? It is an important question to ask. Prayer is supposed to be the most important direct line of communication we have to our creator. Prayer is our act of talking to him. And then, of course, we listen to God through Bible study, through ministerial counsel. So prayer, talking to God, is it worth doing? Does it matter? Does it get results? Is there a purpose for it? We often hear people talk about giving their thoughts and prayers to the victims of a tragedy, perhaps. But of course, now, <laughs> even the prayers part of that is being eliminated. People just say, our thoughts are with you. We're in such a secular society now that any mention of prayer is pretty much scoffed at. So are the scoffers correct should we look down on the practice of prayer? Should we think of it as a waste of time? There are really only two possibilities here. Either we are praying as a shallow show of righteousness to make ourselves feel good, but without getting any results, or prayer is a vital part of our spiritual growth and it really will get the results we seek. It's either worth spending time on or it's not. Here in the How to Pray book, this is a book available for free at thetrumpet.com on page number two. This question needs to be answered. So, if prayers are not being heard, it goes on to explain, why even pray? Just think about that. If our prayers are not being heard, should we just continue praying in an empty sense of duty? Well, no. We should actually figure out a way to pray that will be worth something. There are a lot of important questions answered in this book. It talks about disasters and when those disasters strike are all those people who suffered just victims who could have done nothing to avoid that fate? Why did those people have to perish in disasters? Did prayers have any chance 
of preventing those disasters from happening. Why did some people survive and other people die? Are the ones who survived more righteous than the ones who died? If God is hearing our prayers, why is the world so full of chaos? Why are so many people out there suffering? Is it impossible for God to hear our prayers? Or maybe does God hear and refuse to answer for whatever reason? We must understand what prayer is, how it works, how to use it, how God will respond to it, and even when God will respond to it. We are not guaranteed responses to our prayers. Prayers must meet certain conditions. And so you will find this book, How to Pray, extremely helpful. There are some vital conditions to receiving answers to our prayers. And this really will help a lot. This really has helped me a lot. This is practical instruction, stuff you can apply right away. Notice here in chapter two, of the how to pray book. There are seven points here. We're not going to go through all of them today, but point number two is believe God. Imagine asking God for something and yet doubting the entire time that he will even answer and follow through. God knows our thoughts he knows if we completely doubt or mistrust him. And so if we struggle to believe God, if we struggle to believe his promises, if we struggle to believe that God will answer us, then why would he answer? Mark 11 verse 24 says very simply, this is Jesus Christ speaking. What things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Christ doesn't make any qualifiers there. He just says, you shall have what you pray for. Now, of course, we can't all just pray for a million dollars and get a million dollars tomorrow. That gets back to point number one of these keys to answered prayer, which is knowing God's will. Our prayers must align with what God wants for us. We must match up with God's will when we pray. We can't just pray for things that go against what God wants and expect him to give those things to us. But as long as we are praying according to God's will, as long as we know what the Bible promises and ask God for things based on those promises, we have a great chance of being answered. We just have to believe those promises. 
page 27 of the How to Pray book says, it is essential to believe God before we can receive what we ask of him. Disbelief that God will keep his promises or back up his word is a lack of faith. God wants us to build faith and trust in him. Hebrews 11 verse 6 is quoted here, which says, Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So we must have faith. That is part of how we can please God. And when we're pleasing God, that is when he will answer our prayers. We do have our part to play in this. It's not just a casual ho-hum ritual, repeating the same lines in prayer every day while half asleep. That won't get results. We have to be pleasing God. And as Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, we need faith. That's just one thing we need to be able to please God. Whenever we have opportunities to give to others and be generous, aren't we more likely to give to those who are grateful? Aren't we more likely to give to those who please us, (laughs) who make us happy? People who will make use of those gifts? Of course. And God is the same way. He just happens to be infinity times more generous than we are. And he's also a lot more merciful than we are. But still, we can't just trample on God's blessings and expect the blessings to continue. We must please God to get answers to our prayers. And believing God is a big part of that. The third point in these keys to answer prayer is to obey God. Again, we're not going to talk about all of these points today, but just think about this one. Obey God. This goes contrary to almost everything you'll hear from traditional Christianity, where they say that the law is done away and that there is nothing to obey. How does that work? Does that make any sense? Deep into the New Testament, the Bible speaks about the importance of keeping God's law. This is a vital part of the Christian way of life. God establishes law. He is a God of law and order, but it may not be the way you think he is a God of law, but that's not a bad thing. Like, like so many believe first John three verse four defines sin for us. It says, whosoever commits sin transgresses also the law for sin is the transgression of the law. So that's the only way to know if a thought or an action is right or wrong. If it breaks God's law, 
then it's wrong. If it fits with God's law, if it upholds God's law, then it's right. It's really that simple. That is the standard by which we should live. Not just deciding for ourselves what is right and wrong. That's the way that leads to death. Proverbs 14 verse 12 says. And the thing about the law is it's not a burden. It's not hard. It is actually love. God's law is love. And so when we are obeying that law, we are living the way of love just like God does. Page 30 of the How to Pray book says, those who persistently refuse to keep God's commandments should not expect him to answer their prayers. First Peter 3 verse 12 is quoted, for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. So we can either have God on our side or he can be against us. <laughs> Did you realize that the Bible says multiple times that God could be against us? He could actually fight against us and work to thwart our ambitions. Now, clearly, we do not want to try to survive with God on the other side. How can we possibly withstand that? The most powerful being in the universe being against us. Page 30 of the How to Pray book continues. If you have not yet accepted God's word as the authority in your life, then you cannot really get to know God through prayer. You see, it's about how we live. We can't talk one way with God and live another way. Otherwise, we might as well not pray at all because it won't do anything. It will it'll be completely pointless. So these seven keys to answer prayer are just absolutely vital, life-changing points. We've looked at a couple of them here today. And I'll just mention number four has to do with fearing God and being humble, realizing that we are nothing apart from God and that we will fail miserably if he's not in our lives. The sooner we realize that, the sooner we can turn to God and really ask him for help. And we desperately need it. God will provide peace of mind. He'll provide the strength we need to overcome, to endure trials with joy. He'll help us with all of our responsibilities. He'll be there for us, even if no one else is. But we have to be humble. We have to realize how much we need God. We have to be 
broken, very small. Realize how small we are. Having our own self-will crushed so that we will live by God's will. And God gives the Holy Spirit power to make that possible. So I'd really encourage you to go through these seven keys to answered prayer in chapter two of the How to Pray book. We'll just conclude the show today with a really powerful example of answered prayer. Like I talked about at the beginning today, it's about getting answers. It's about making prayers that make a difference. We don't just want to go through a ritual. We want to pray, believing God, obeying him, being humble before him, and knowing absolutely that God will come through. Those are the types of prayers that are worth giving. Notice here, Second Chronicles 20, this powerful example of answered prayer. This can be you. This can be your experience. Verse 1, it came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. So basically you have two whole nations and even some other peoples gathered up against the kingdom of Judah, ready to destroy Judah. Notice King Jehoshaphat's response. Second Chronicles 20 verse three. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the eternal and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Verse four, and Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the eternal. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the eternal. So Jehoshaphat set an outstanding example. He turned other people to God. His example of prayer motivated an entire nation. And when you have thousands or millions of people all praying about the same thing and crying out to God, don't you think God will hear? That's a pretty overwhelming multitude of people to all be asking for the same thing. Here is the way Jehoshaphat prayed to God. Second Chronicles 20 and verses 6 through, let's see. Well, he goes on for a little bit through 12. We'll just read this. It's worth it. And said, O eternal God of our fathers, are not you God in heaven? And rule not you over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in your hand, is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand you? Are not you our God who did drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the seed of Abraham, your friend forever? 
and they dwelled therein and have built a sanctuary therein for your name, saying, If when evil comes upon us as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in your presence, for your name is in this house, and cry unto you in our affliction, then you will hear and help. And now behold, the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they regard us to come to cast us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that comes against us, neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Here we see a powerful nation-saving example of prayer. King Jehoshaphat of Judah really checked all the boxes for answered prayer. He came before God and boldly claimed God's promises. He reminded God that God had given them this land and that God was fulfilling promises to the great patriarch Abraham by allowing Judah to exist in that land. He, he appealed to God's power. He exalted God as the supreme power over the nation. And he asked for God to use some of that power to save them. He also was humble and he said, we can't do it on our own. We have no chance against the Ammonites and the Moabites and the people of Mount Seir. We need your help. We need salvation. And he also was very knowledgeable of history in this prayer. He mentioned, he reminded God that the Israelites were not allowed to invade and conquer Ammon and Moab on their way to the promised land. So in a humble way, Jehoshaphat said, we Israelites obeyed you, God. We obeyed. We didn't destroy Ammon and Moab. But now look what they're about to do to us. We had mercy on them, and yet now they're about to destroy us. Is there something you can do about this, God? We, we put all of our trust in you, and now we, we look for an answer. That is King Jehoshaphat's prayer here. And all Judah followed that example. Now, basically, God's spirit came upon one of the Levites, Jehaziel. And Jehaziel then spoke on God's behalf. He addressed Judah and he said, do not be afraid nor dismayed. 
verse 15. 2 Chronicles 20, verse 15. For the battle is not yours, but God's. So here's an example of God fighting our battles. This can be you. This can be me. God will fight for us if we ask him, if we meet those conditions for answered prayer. Now here in this chapter, God worked an incredible miracle. As soon as they heard, as soon as the people heard, they were going to be saved by God. Notice how they responded. Second Chronicles 20 verse 18 and Jehoshaphat bowed with his head or bowed his head with his face to the ground and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the eternal worshiping the eternal. And then it shows how they even played beautiful music to praise and thank God. That's a crucial part of prayer as well. When God answers Immediately turning around and thanking him, giving him the glory and the praise that he deserves for answering our prayers. Now, just look here, Second um, Chronicles 20, verse 23, for the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, every one helped to destroy another. So this multi-nation alliance against Judah cannibalized itself. They turned on each other and they wiped each other out. And Judah just had to watch. And not only that, when it was over, they were able to spoil those bodies. They were able to take away abundant riches from the corpses. More than they could even carry. They spent three days gathering up all this treasure. And then the people rejoiced because they were saved. God made them rejoice over their enemies. Verse 27. What an example of answered prayer. But you see, it met all the conditions for answered prayer. And you can learn a lot more about those conditions in chapter two of the How to Pray book, available to you for free at thetrumpet.com. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.